Hello and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Joint Podcast. This is season number two, specifically episode number eight, and we're so thankful that you are with us for this particular podcast. Again, as we've said before, if you have missed out on any of our previous episodes, please go back and watch those. Or if you're just joining us and this is the very first time you're ever listening to us, we're still thankful for your virtual presence, whether you're watching it or listening to it on a podcast platform. We're so thankful that you're with us. Again, I'm Caleb Rutherford, and I'm your host for this particular episode. Again, once again, I have Josh Cantrell, host of the of the Diligent Podcast to my right, Lima Asine, host of the Ohana Podcast to his right, and then to my left, Chase Green, host of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm thankful for these brethren, for the work that they do, not only in the kingdom, but for this network as well. As we always say before every episode, if you would, go to our show notes, find our social media links there. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're also on YouTube. You can find our videos there, so we would appreciate it if you would like, follow, subscribe, and do all those good things that you can to help out the network. Also, if you wouldn't mind, on if whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, if you would leave a rating or review, and that certainly would be beneficial to us. Also, if you would go to our website, scatteredabroad.org, scroll all the way down, put in your name, your email, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And you'll get a, an email from us every month that will update you on the network on some things that you otherwise might miss out on if you were not already subscribed. So we're thankful if you would do that. Again, we're grateful that you're with us as we talk about this idea of scattering the seed. That has been our theme for this entire year, and we'll, it will continue to serve as our theme through the end of December. But today we're specifically talking about methods. What are some methods of scattering the seed? And more so than that, what are some effective methods of scattering the seed? And I want to open up the floor for discussion as we talk about this idea of online methods, because as many of you know, um, over the course of 2020 into 2021, um, having to use the internet um, for for our services and, and studies and things like that has become very, very popular um, just due to the climate in which we live um, with, with COVID and all these other things going on, uh, we have had to kind of change maybe some of the way that we do things. And I know a lot of people talked about how 2020 really was a difficult year. And I understand that it was um, a lot of terrible things happened in 2020. And yet 2020 also brought a lot about a lot of opportunity for growth um, and, and a lot of opportunity for us to maybe get into areas that we maybe otherwise wouldn't have got into in the first place. So with that being said, and online, the online presence being much larger now, um, what are some online methods that you guys know of um, that maybe we could share to our audience and to our listeners of some ways uh, that can be used for evangelism? Podcast. Podcast. Hey, scatteredabroad.org. Go find it and you'll find all of us there. Uh, but w- seriously, though, what are some what are some other other methods? I do want to comment on podcasts yeah. because um, I didn't realize how practical they were in mm-hmm. the mainland. Um, of course, I'm from the um, Hawaiian Islands, so short drives over there. But on our way up here, man, I was like falling asleep and, and then I yeah. put a podcast on and, and it helped me stay awake, got my mind turning and learning the word of God at the same time. So definitely podcast is is one of those one of those. Rides. Yeah. One of the great things about podcasts, too, um, and obviously for those of you who are listening to it you know this, but like you mentioned, it's great because you can multitask with videos. I think we're kind of going away from videos in some sense because, um, and I say that ironically as we have four cameras in front of, in front of us, <laughs> yeah. but um, I do think we go away from videos somewhat because Americans, uh, we, we're so, and purely people in the world, we're so busy. We have so many things going on. And when you do a video, it, it takes a lot more to focus and to watch than if You're a podcast, right. If you have a right. podcast, you can plug it in and then do all the other things that you, that you have to do. So exactly. podcasting is growing um, very, very, 
very rapidly, which is why we decided to dip into it with the network here and that be our main focus um, because it's so prevalent, it's so popular, and it's a, such a great way to get the gospel out. I listen yes. to them all the time. And, right. And our, our podcast, and there's a lot of other podcasts I listen to as well. When sure. I'm, uh, helping Lindsay with some of the household chores or uh, if I'm out riding my bike, getting some exercise, taking a walk. Uh, there, there's all sorts of stuff you can mm-hmm. you can do. You're accomplishing everyday stuff that you're going to do anyway, but you're also listening to God's Word being presented in the form of, of an audio podcast. So they're, they're definitely very helpful. Absolutely. Which also highlights the point there's not an excuse we can come up with as to why we can't study the Word of God. Absolutely. Right? Some people say, well, you know, I don't have time. I'm at work all day. I can't open my Bible. I'm at lunch, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm driving in school in the morning, dropping the kids off. There's always time for the Word of God. And this podcast is just another opportunity to study and to get engaged with the Word of God. I heard someone say this one time that uh, if you're too busy for um, Bible study and prayer, and you're busier than God ever intended you to be. Um, yes. And obviously, we we are on this on this earth to work to fill our lives with things like that. But ultimately, we know that our purpose on this earth is to glorify God. And the only way that we do that is through studying His Word and putting it into practice in our lives. And if we're not doing that, if we're not making time for that, then ev- evidently there are things in our lives that we need to let go because they're taking up too much of that time. Because I know a lot of people. I'm sure you guys have done. I've done. I'm guilty of it. Sometimes we can be busy doing nothing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Instead of using that time. Yeah. That's exactly right. The Word of God. Exactly right. Yeah. What what are some other ways that y'all can think of for online methods of evangelism? Live streaming has been good, I say, tongue in cheek. It has <laughs> been good in some ways. Sure. I I do want to caution toward this though, and that is that it has been a crutch to some people. Sure. It, it has become sure. an excuse for some people to stay in in um you know, stay in bed and stay in their pajamas, sleep in late, and oh, I'll just catch the live stream. Right. Or maybe I'll just watch it after the fact, after worship, uh, and they don't meet with their brethren. We understand if there's some who are high risk or whatever and cannot physically be there, uh, but there are many people who will go to Walmart, they'll go to work, they'll go uh, out and enjoy a nice night out on the town, but they won't go to worship, and they'll use the live streams as an excuse not to do so. And right. We can't take live streaming uh, to that extreme. That said, live streaming is a good tool in that it is, uh, for those that are not members of the church, they might just be scrolling Facebook one day and see the Lord's Church streaming a lesson, and it might draw them in. And so there's definitely some good things to it. We just got to be careful with it. Let me, oh, go ahead. On um, method, I, I wanted to add, you know, having a website that looks professionally made, yeah. As an effective presence online, um, I think about Zoom Bible studies. Mm-hmm. I think Zoom caused the pandemic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Zoom has helped in in because I had I had studies with people in person, and when the pandemic hit, we went to Zoom. So sure. so Zoom was effective as well, and in, in just bringing us together, we don't. We're not in person, but we're still able to interact and, and communicate and exchange thoughts in the scriptures. Um, so those are the others that came to my mind. If you're going to use video, uh, um, short videos, you know, mm-hmm. shared, 
on the website, share it on Facebook, social media, short videos because people's attention spans right. are a lot shorter than, right. they, than they are. So like a five-minute video or right. less. Sure, yeah. sure. Let me, go, let me go back to this, and this triggered a thought, and this is not necessarily on our, our questions and really, I guess, even kind of pertaining to this. But, Chase, you mentioned a problem that has been created with live streaming services, um, and a lot of people have used that as a way to – I guess, get out of going to the assemblies, being present in worship. What do you say to people like that? How do you approach them? What do you say um, to maybe try to help them see that what they're doing is is not what it needs to be? Sometimes we can become very, unfortunately and sadly, we can become very lazy in our approach to mm-hmm. Christianity. I can remember one time a brother told me, um, he asked me, the congregation I was at the time, well, you know, you guys still have evening worship? And I said, yes. And I, and he said, they didn't. And I asked him why. And he said, well, you know, the Lord wants us to be good stewards of our money so we don't come back on Sunday evening. And he said, well, we just have the preacher come down, he'll live stream. I'm just like, wow, what length are we willing to <laughs> right. go to? Yeah. That's a stretch. It is very, yeah. very much yeah. to be lazy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Very, 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 very much. And and, and it's very important because I think, you know, I guess now by the time this episode come out, about two years ago now, yeah. uh, when every all the congregations started going to live stream, I knew that was going to open the door for a world of trouble. Oh, yeah. You know, because you had a lot of brethren on one side who was saying, well, there are certain instances in, in the Old Testament where uh, God allowed people not to assemble for whatever reason. And then those same brethren, four or five months later, were condemning people mm-hmm. for not coming to worship. Right. And yet you guys were saying, don't come to worship. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so he, and so here they were constantly creating a problem. And my thought process is Hebrews 10 25. Yes. I mean, if I'm able-bodied, then what's my excuse? Right. I need to go. And the verse right before that, verse 24, tells us that we're to consider one another, right. to provoke one mm-hmm. another into love and good works, and then it leads into not forsaking That's the assembling. Right. One of the most inconsiderate things that you can do as a Christian is to not meet with your brethren. Mm-hmm. Now, if mm-hmm. there's people doing that and if they're using the live streaming as an excuse not to come— They've got a heart problem. That's right. You got to fix the heart problem before you can fix the attendance problem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that that is something that we have had uh, a struggle we've had to face um, that we haven't really ever had to deal with um, over the past couple of years. But definitely something that we need to keep in our mind. A couple of things that I thought of of maybe some methods, some places we can send people. Um, obviously, GBN does a lot of good work. Um, places like PTP three sixty five, um, World Video Bible School, a lot of places like that. There's a lot of um, there's a, there's a lot of resources out there um, that people can use in areas that we can send them. But I do think we, I should caution us when we say this, online methods that we can use for evangelism. That does not take the place, though, of you sitting down and studying the Bible with them. Yes. Um, and that is so important for us to remember that we must uh, always remember do what we can to help th- for us to help them with our study and their study um, to do that as much as we can in person. Sure, these other resources they'll help; they'll be good for them. But don't just send it to them and then just leave them alone and never say something again. I, I think that's and important. To, one to other think thing about. I think we need to mention about social media is whatever your presence is on social media, Christian. Uh, it's it's either a good one or a bad one. Right. And if you're sharing things constantly that Christians ought not be sharing, it might be something that, you know, the post itself or the meme the meme itself is fine, but then you look up in the corner and the person who shared it was 
uh, expletive this yeah, or yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. very inappropriate picture up there. It's a profile picture. If we're sharing those things, we lose credibility because right. we're sharing immorality and maybe we didn't even realize it. We were just focused mm-hmm. on the actual post, but we didn't see up at the top that there was very immoral stuff up there. We need to be very careful to guard our uh, our use of social media and make sure that we're, we're guarding our influence on it. It reminds me of Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, mm-hmm. seasoned with salt. And I guess mm-hmm. we can throw Facebook status in there, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 All in there. That's exactly know. right. That's the umbrella. That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. I think, I don't know, a lot of people, I guess, think that if it's online and it's coming from their keyboards, then it's not really a reflection of them and who they are. Yeah. Um, and they can, I guess, be rash with their with their quote-unquote words and such but i don't know i mean it's the same thing you know it, yeah. it, it regardless where where it comes from if it's coming from you it's coming from you yeah. in whatever way it it's is come from so the heart yeah. that's exactly I always, right i always go back to every idle word yeah. you yeah. speak we're yep. gonna be judged by it exactly. so we need to be careful right. we need to be very very careful with that let's move on let's let's talk about this this next idea and this is <laughs> this is somewhat i guess maybe of a little bit of a loaded question but i want to get your thoughts on this Let's talk about door knocking, door to door, door knocking, flyers, correspondence courses. And I know that's kind of a broad um, work right there. There's a lot of different things right there. But do those kinds of things, are they effective today in our society, in our world? Are these things still effective? <laughs> I would say no, but I would also say yes. Yeah, yes. I think I any method we do to spread the gospel is a good thing to do. Sure, it's better than no method at all. Right, right. exactly. Yes. Now, for our <clears throat> respective communities, it may be a little different. Yeah. I know where I am, door knocking is almost it's it's not impossible, but it's more difficult to do because of the location we are. Uh, but for us, something I like to encourage people to do is person-to-person evangelism. And right. that is you connect to a person and that person connects to a person. And I think that's a way for the church to grow. But back to your original question, door knocking, it works some places yeah. and some yeah. places it does not. Right, right. That, I, that's, that's a good way to put it because um, we recently had the uh, Brotherhood door knocking this mm-hmm. beginning this month. And uh, considering the pandemic at hand, like... Things here in the mainland looks a lot different than where I'm at. In Hawaii, everything's still shut down. And mm-hmm. I felt like if I went door to door, it might offend some people. Yeah. Like I'm at their door at this time. Absolutely. And, and so I took a different route. You know, I, I, I did QR codes. You know, I just printed a big sign with a QR code on it, put it next to where people are. Hey, you scan it if you're interested. Don't scan it if you're not interested. Right. You know? And then you kind of just... That's awesome. That. Yeah. Right. That's so in, yeah. in my opinion, door knocking of the 1950s and 60s is not usually very effective anymore. That said, it is something that you can do to try to till the, sto- till the soil and prepare. But what happens, what I've seen happen a lot is we go door knocking and we are nice to people and we have a little bit of a conversation and then we do not follow up at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. And then also, I think that there have been some reports recently of a different method of door knocking in which people go in and then they simply say this, look, we're with the local church of Christ. We're just out asking for prayer requests. Uh, is there anything we can pray for you? And sometimes people will open up more right. on that than, hey, take this flyer and come to our meeting. Right. They don't usually <laughs> respond very well to that as well as they used right. to. But, hey, anybody will, I mean, not anybody, some people are atheists, but a lot of people, well, sure, you can pray for me, and then they might open up, and then you can say, hey, well, can we come back and talk to you uh, next week about some things? Well, okay, yeah, you you know, you knocked on my door, and you care about me, and you prayed for me. I think 
that method of door knocking is probably, if you're going to door knock, a better method than the traditional, hey, take this piece of paper. Sure. I, I definitely yeah. think if you do door knock, there's definitely a way to do it and a way not to do it. Um, but one of the things that, of course, you just mentioned this, Josh, and I actually had this in my notes. One of the things I think that is one of the best things we can do is connecting with people, but specifically people that you already know. Um, because again, if you already have that relationship with them and you already have some kind of foundation with them, it's going to be so much easier to do that. And if you think about it, if everybody talked to somebody that they knew, then that wouldn't leave very many people left, you know, right. um, cause we've all have those mutual friends with somebody. We all have some kind of connection with somebody. Um, so I think maybe if we looked at people that we knew our friends, our family, um, and then they looked at their friends and their family and so on and so forth, I, that would be somewhat at least effective. Um, because I, I think, you know, I mean, I don't like it. I'll be real with you. I don't like it when people come to my door, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of somebody knocking on the door and I got to go out and talk to you. You know, I just, that's just how I am. I think that's how a lot of other people are too. So, is door knocking effective? I think, in, like you said, in some instances, in some areas, sure, it very well could be. But also know this, just like with everything else, some areas it won't be. And you've got to be very careful, especially with the time in which we live now, too. Now, granted, that's not like that's not that we're going to say it's an excuse mm -hmm. to not go out and do the work of the yeah. Lord. But you do have to take into consideration the circumstances and the situations in which you live, too. Mm -hmm. I think there are other the routes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think with evangelism, we should be willing to embrace all ideas. Sure. I know um, for me, one of my past experiences, uh, I dealt with a lot of older Christians who had been, you know, soldiers of the cross for 40 or 50 years. And for them, the way to go was evangelism. And they didn't necessarily embrace social media and different methods today. Now, the methods can change, but the message itself is always the same. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we emphasize the method and we forget that, you know, no matter how it's going out, it's going out as long as the message is the main thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about this. What are some methods that maybe are not effective? And I know we've maybe kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what are some things that maybe in y'all's experience um, that has just not worked at all? And like, maybe we go back to the last episode that we well, were on with you. Well, the Facebook back to back. Sure. Yeah, that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. That's yeah. All, yeah. You see a lot of that with a lot of a lot of people back and forth on Facebook. Keyboard, I, I like, keyboard warrior. Yeah, yeah, and I said and I said this a couple episodes ago. Facebook is really not the place to go to have these kinds of conversations you, because you, it's so difficult to do so. You can make prospects, <laughs> sure, but it's not the place to for a Bible study. Right. Some people think engaging in a conversation like that is a Bible study. Mm -hmm. It is not. Right. Um, uh, it's, yeah, uh, to me, it's about, not effective. I think about sometimes when some of the, in, in the business world, you don't see CEOs and, and presidents, you know, doing, you know, multi-million dollar businesses on Facebook statuses. Mm -hmm. Right. And here we have something that is far more important and far yep. uh, more valuable than that. And yet we do it on there. That's great and, point. And, and, and that's not the time and place. For it. It's a yeah. time and place for everything. My mom and dad always taught me that. It's a time and place for everything, and that's not the time. Right. The name is so ironic, Facebook, and mm -hmm. yet it takes away from face-to-face <laughs> -face communication. Yeah. Yeah, the right. best way to communicate has always been face-to-face, -face, 
uh, around a table like this and getting into whatever you need to communicate about, in right. this case, the Word of God. Right, and that's one of the things that I think Rob Whitaker is great at, is getting people into his home um, and having those face-to-face conversations with people. But one of the things that we have to remember, though, is we cannot make, we got to make sure we're not aggressive in our approach. Um, we cannot overwhelm them. We can't, again, rush them with all these things that they're doing that's wrong or all these things that they need to be doing right here, right now, immediately. You know, there's a way to go about doing it. And if you are someone who is calm and compassionate and you're loving towards them and you have the right approach, it'll come across that much better, that much easier for them to understand, to listen, and to remember the things that you've said. And then we also can't be hateful in our approach towards them either. We have to, we've said that before, Ephesians 4.15, we have to speak the truth in love and we have to do so with the right attitude because if we don't, um, then it doesn't mean anything. I think the most effective methods from both a qualitative standpoint, the quality of the of what you're doing, and also quantitative, the number of success, if, if you will, uh, is simply sitting down and teaching and explaining. What did the Ethiopian eunuch do That's in right. Acts chapter 8? Sure. He went and joined himself to the chariot. He picked up where uh, the eunuch was studying from Isaiah 53, and at the same place he began to preach Jesus to exactly. them, and it resulted in conversion. That's what we need to do. We need to find out where people are at, where they are in their understanding, and then we need to go explain to them, just as uh, the eunuch uh, how can I understand this unless someone mm-hmm. teach me or explain to me? Right. Well, we need to go do what the eunuch did, and we need to be prepared to be able to do that. Second Peter three fifteen says, "Sanctify them, the Lord uh, God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and, and fear." We've got to be ready to be on the lookout for those souls that are searching and go and teach them. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think it's so important too. Um, that, like you mentioned, it's one of those, it takes time. You can't rush things like this either. Um, because I think you could sit down with someone and try to rush them through, get them dunked in water and they're baptized. And then you move on to the next one. Well, there's a whole sense of, you've got to take the time. They have to know what they're doing in order to do it correctly. And then once they are baptized, then you also have to, that's one of the things a lot of people do this too. I think that we got to be very careful well, you convert someone, but then a lot of times we leave them, we drop them, and that's it, and we don't help them anymore. But I think I go back to the Great Commission, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then what's the next word? Teaching, teaching them, them. Yeah. teaching them to observe. You can't just baptize them and then just drop them and leave right. them. You've got yeah. to continue to help them study because they're going to be babes in Christ. And again, going back to Second Peter chapter 2, we're always trying to grow, yeah. to get better. And that's something that we have to be help them. And I feel like in some sense that responsi- that responsibility will fall on us as the ones who brought help bring them to yeah. Christ. We've got to help to get them to continue to grow. You've got to disciple them, which right. means uh, the same root word, discipline. You've got to give them discipline. Well, how do you do that? How does the military give discipline? They train, train, and they train, and they train, and they train some more. That's what we got to do. We've got to, with our, especially with our new converts, like you're mentioning, we've got to train them up, just as if we would, just as if we would train children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Spiritual children, the same goes. But unfortunately, what we often do is we baptize them, and then we turn them yeah. over to the wolves, and, and we mm-hmm. let them uh, just have at it. And that has not been very effective at keeping people. Um, within the church you know a few years ago i was uh blessed with an opportunity to do a program if we do what they did and the title itself is so prevalent coming from the book of acts if we do what they did then we'll have the same results they did and i find it so interesting is that you know as we as we're having this conversation 
all the methods Jesus did in his approach to saving souls, to evangelism, to uh, showing people a better way, it's almost as if we kind of put those to the side and say, well, let me try to do it my way. Right. Well, let me see what I can do. And one of the things I appreciate about Jesus, well, so many things, one of the things I appreciate, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse number 4, in his approach, he was always kind. Right. He was firm, he was direct, but he was also kind. Now, of course, we know in Matthew 22, that's a different different story for another day. <laughs> but he <laughs> but knew their hearts. That's right, right. that's right. Yeah. But ultimately, he was kind in his approach. And going back to your point, sometimes we can be so firm and so hard trying to get people to see the truth we forget that sometimes that that could have been us very easily right Mm -hmm. there's such a balance that we have to have with not compromising the truth saying it firmly um, but then doing it in love having the right attitude and again being humble enough to understand that that very well could have been us and for many of us probably was us at some point Um, and so being able to see that I think is so important as we go throughout this idea of of evangelism we'll certainly appreciate all the comments and thoughts from you brethren grateful again to be able to be on this podcast with them for you as listeners thank you so much for joining us and being with us we're so grateful that you decided to listen to this particular podcast as always just as a reminder you can check our show notes below for all of our links and anything that you need to know about the network also don't forget one of the things that we're really proud of here at the network is we do have episodes that air every single day of the week so if you're interested in any of those things just search scattered abroad network or you can search scattered abroad network master feed you'll find all of our episodes there and certainly hope we hope that that would be beneficial to you on behalf of everyone here at the scattered broad network thank you so much and god bless what's up guys it's caleb and michael over here from the scattered abroad network and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode yeah we're so thankful to the east hill church of christ for overseeing this network and we're grateful to god for this opportunity and don't forget you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links email address website and We have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.